Beloved of God, I bring you a word of grace and peace from God our Maker and from our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was learning to read and write, I was taught that stories move in a certain order. They have a beginning, a middle, and an ending. I remember being given three picture cards that I was supposed to put in order. What was the beginning? What was the middle? What was the end? We live in these postmodern times in which those cards have really been shuffled and go in random order. But I bet still if you were to sit down with one of our preschoolers and try to read them a story starting at the end, there would be protest. We have this sense that stories start at the beginning. And yet here we are on the first Sunday of the church year with a story of the end. The end of history, the end of creation as we know it, the end of time as we understand it. But in those days after that suffering, the gospel writer writes, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. What a puzzling place to begin telling the story of Jesus. The cycle of the church here exists in order to help us organize our telling the story of God's salvation. Wouldn't it make more sense to start with in the beginning? Or at least with a baby in a manger? This passage sounds more like the book of Revelation than the beginning of the Christmas story. And I think that's a clue for us. Apocalyptic writing, like we find in this chapter of Mark's Gospel, uses symbolic language and metaphor to reveal something. Apocalypse means revelation. This cryptic passage reveals that God is sovereign over the universe. Sun and moon, earth and seas, the whole cosmos belongs to God. What a word of comfort for those living under the Roman Empire, which claimed ultimate sovereignty. The people who first heard these words had lived through the destruction of their temple in Jerusalem, the center of their religious and cultural life. They were struggling to survive conflict and violence. The promise that God is sovereign over the universe and that God would come as judge and savior, this brought courage and hope in dark days, days when it seemed that everything was ending. This word still has power to bring courage and hope to all of us who live under its promise. The thing about apocalyptic writing is that as strange as it is, it names something about the human experience. We all know something about living in the end times. And by that I don't mean rapture or four horsemen or anything like that. I'm speaking of being mortal and living every day with the reality of endings. Some are the result of large-scale events, wars, natural disasters, but most endings are more personal. 
They come to us in the death of a loved one, in the unwelcome news of a doctor, in the crisis or trauma of a family member, in the breakup of a significant relationship. I was reminded of this just this last week when I spent two days on a retreat with other clergy women. The retreat was focused on health and wellness, a very life-giving topic. And yet during one of the breaks, a colleague received a text message, call home. Her mother had had a heart attack, completely unexpectedly. And by morning, we got word that Molly's mom had died. Not the end of the world, but the end of the world as she had always known it. This is the truth of our human experience. Endings come unexpectedly, without our asking, and they have the power to shake us to our core. It is into this vulnerable and fragile reality of life that our Advent texts speak a promise, the promise that Christ comes to us. He too comes unexpectedly and even without our asking. He shows up in those times and places when we feel anxious and afraid, when we feel lost or sad or alone. He comes to us when life seems as short and dark as these December days. Christ is God's enduring promise that there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. Not political turmoil, not our mortality or our sin, nothing can separate us from the love and mercy of God in Christ Jesus. This divine promise has the power to shape how we live. When we are faced with the vulnerability of human life, it is easy to let fear and anxiety get the best of us. It's tempting to hide our eyes and plug our ears to all the bad news or to try to distract ourselves or numb ourselves so we feel less afraid. But when we fall asleep to the pain of the world, we fall asleep to the truth. The gospel invites us to a different posture. Stay awake. Lift up your heads. Keep awake not only to the realities of this mortal life, but keep awake to Christ's coming. Keep awake to the promise. With God's promise as our North Star, we are invited to live in a posture of hope. Now, Christian hope is a deep and powerful reality. It is not a slogan like, don't worry, be happy. It is not rooted in our ability to think positive thoughts or look on the bright side. Christian hope is rooted in this audacious promise that God is with us and for us and that God's commitment to all of creation will not end. The earth may end. History itself may end. But God's commitment to all that God has made will never end. It is in this hope that we are planted as a Christian community. The tendrils of this hope grow as together we hear the word of God, are washed in the waters of baptism and fed with bread and wine, 
Hope blossoms as we live together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Christian community, like this one, is one of the signs of the nearness of God, of God's reign breaking in on us. This is why we are so delighted to welcome so many people as new members into this community today, several of them through baptism, as you can tell by that lineup of quilts. Hope and faith, these are not solo acts. We need one another to share our joys and sorrows, to walk with each other through all the beginnings and the endings of life. I need you to point to where you see Christ coming into the world and to tell me of your experience of the presence of God. And I need to share my stories and my experiences with you. We hold the Christ light for each other as we look for the reign of God among us. And in a world that can be so short-sighted about the future and quite cynical, we lean into that promise that one day, in the fullness of time, there will be no more endings. We look to the horizon for God's promised future, trusting that one day all creation will be gathered into God, healed and whole. Thanks be to God. Amen. We sing together, and if you have prayer cards, just hold those up and the ushers will gather them.